Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Scott Corelli. You can find me at social media uh, at Scott Corelli and on all of my podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. All righty. And today we're talking about minute number 18 of Suicide Squad, which is going to start with the feeding of KC. And then the minute's going to end with the introduction of June Moon, our enchantress. Um, we don't have, it, it's like, what, like 10 seconds of June Moon? We kind of get the start of her little bit of introduction. But for the most part, we're going to continue talking about Killer Croc, who. Um, you know, it's in this minute. It's explained that you know we treated him as an animal, or we treated him as a monster, and so he grew to accept that, um, and eventually became okay with becoming a monster of sorts. Nate, you look like you got some thoughts. Yeah. Um. Y- you think Frankenstein monster ever accepted that, or was he just like? Pfft, Isn't peace? that the whole point of that book? That he accepted that he was a monster. No, the whole point of that book is that other people should accept monsters. <laughs> or Frankenstein, except that he was a monster. The, uh, yeah, the point of the book is that Victor Frankenstein is yeah. a monster. Yeah. <laughs> John Hammond was the real dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Henry Wu was, uh, was the... I don't even know. I Can't don't know. He's just another dinosaur. V.D. <laughs> Wong somehow became the villain. That's what yeah. I learned. Yeah. Um, but no, <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, they, they are treating him like a monster, but they themselves are the monsters for forcing this man. Because that's what he really is. It's like, yeah, dude, I get it. You got gills and you got scales, but you're still a dude. Um, he wanted a normal life. And they, you know, pretty much society bullied him um, into being a uh, into being a monster. And what's interesting is is they bring up this point that he was chased out of Gotham as the Bat. So by the Bat, what did I say? He said as the Bat, as As the Bat. bat. Oh yeah, you know, Killer Croc Man, Batman thing. So what's weird is that there's two things. One being that Bell Rev is in louisiana already right yeah and so he's from there which would mean that he left louisiana Mm -hmm. somehow made his way to like the new jersey area Mm -hmm. he's from tampa it says that in his paperwork you're kidding yeah you know he's from florida it says he's from tampa wow whoa (laughs) whoa that's just a can of worms you just opened there, buddy. But there's no crocodiles <laughs> in Florida. Oh. <laughs> Imagine. I just immediately pictured people, just this whole script, someone making these dossiers. It's like, oh, yeah, he's from Tampa Bay. Duh. Go Bucks. <laughs> and then the one guy is just like, Hey, you know, there's no crocs in Florida, right? No alligators. Like, and then it's just like, nah, screw it, whatever. He's from Tampa. I wonder why. Yeah, that's what it said in his paperwork. Yeah, in the last. I wonder minute. if that's the thing, the alligator thing. They're like, oh, there's a lot of alligators in Florida, or a lot of people with skin mutations. I mean, what's the <laughs> difference? You're in the Gulf of Mexico, so like, you're you're from that area. 
So yeah, he just traveled up the Gulf to old old Bayou. I'm assuming he just swam up the Mississippi. Yeah, and and <laughs> just then against d- the current all the way. Yeah. yeah, and then went back though. Yeah, see, that's that's what I was. Well, getting it's at. easier to go back. That's with the current. <laughs> so he goes, starts in the south, goes west for a little bit, and then just beelines it east. Yeah, and then back west. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, uh, he's from Tampa. He's from, that's know. hitting home, boyos and girls. Yeah, they. I mean, go somewhere else. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of Tampa. What is he doing? I mean, okay. But they were like, I like Tampa. Tampa's great. If I was a crocodile man living in Tampa, mm, you're in Tampa Bay. <laughs> go Bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he just he got a job at Bush Gardens, uh-huh. and uh, you know, it's fine. It did say that he's a crocodile wrestler, like a, a seasoned crocodile wrestler or something Again. like that. Again, like, yeah, he worked at Gatorland. That could have been it. Watch, you know, that would be a real Florida what's attraction. The, what's the girl's name? Um, Savannah, yeah. Sexy Savannah. She works at Gatorland. She's on the radio here. I have no idea yeah. what you're talking it's about. Definitely, yeah. it, it's definitely something you'd see advertised on a billboard on the Florida Turnpike, for sure. Yeah, this would be the Florida man story. Florida man yeah. is now part gator. Go yeah, Gators. Right. So, like, now we got the albino gator uh, billboards all over the place. Oh, yeah. Oh, come see the albino gators. You know, they're really unhealthy because we're <laughs> incestually, like, breeding them for your enjoyment. But, like, come see them and pay money. They're dying. They're, like, hate their lives. But, like, that's, killer that's Florida. Yeah. And it's, like, that doesn't, yeah. N- knowing that he's from Tampa now, not surprised. But what I am surprised about is that he boomerangs back to mm-hmm. this area and it's and it's like oh he you know he uh, harsh life he grew up you know harsh life and then he you know gets chased out of gotham the northeast <laughs> new england area he gets chased out by the batman and then they're like and then we picked him up and brought him back to bell rev it's like you you came back dude like what are you doing like go to Vietnam i think what we're learning is that what we're learning is that killer croc is the real captain boomerang am i right guys yeah yep for real, this boomerang <laughs> back into that lifestyle. It's like what? There are so many places to go. You know, you there's there's sewers everywhere, man. There's sewer <laughs> like the whole world is connected by sewers. Like just and go somewhere. His, and as his uh, his character profile card said, he is the king of the sewers. I don't mm-hmm. know who gave him that title, but someone did, and they felt that it was worthwhile putting in his notes it's just king of the sewers they were like real life sewer gator killer croc man um i've seen a sewer gator before man i've seen a sewer gator <laughs> then they're it's not that far-fetched of an idea <laughs> an, an animal got in the sewer yeah. it makes perfect I sense. saw one go right down that thing <laughs> freaked me out so but then the other thing that bothers me is that is he a bad guy because to get chased out of the out of Gotham by the Batman would have to mean that you did something bad to get kicked out. Maybe he was just stealing a bunch of like just raw meat from a packaging plant in Gotham. I was trying to be a human, Nate. They're not gonna. He's not eating raw meat. They're making a meat. I mean, raw I meat. I imagine. I you know, there's certainly a, a world where he was like, um, you know, like a henchman or something. Like I could totally see a world where he was like the Penguin's henchman at some point. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, the way that they talked about the Batman, and we talked about this a little bit last season, but the way that they talked about the Batman pre, 
Donna Justice, like, I don't I don't know. I don't know what kind of man that Batman was. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he was just like, no freaks in my city. Get out of here. Yeah. I mean, it could have just been as easy as that. Like, you're making people uncomfortable. Get out mm-hmm. of here. <laughs> Which is kind of disheartening because that, like, that's what I got out of it was that Batman mm-hmm. was like, you look like a freak. Get out of here. Don't look at me. Yeah. I know I look like a bat, but you're, you're freaking people out more. I need you out of the city. <laughs> Yeah, like, he doesn't like freaks dressed as clowns. And yeah. Killer Croc was, you know, making a living on the uh, children's birthday party circuit as a clown. And it just wasn't working out for him. Yeah, and it was like competition. And chased him out. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I don't like freaks dressed as clowns. Get out of here. That's, that is my only question for this minute. Is just how do you think Batman chased him out of God? <laughs> Banging a couple pots and pans. Get out of here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <His> sandals <laughs> getting up like and stay out. Bear away. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I don't. I don't know why Batman would be so cruel to someone who needs help. Like, isn't that the whole point? Isn't that like, shouldn't we be trying to make these people better? Like, isn't that? No, you just. Yeah. My parents. Well, died. I mean, I'm that's really a. That that's an ongoing issue with uh, with Batman. Like, depending on who writes him, he's either. The guy who is just willy nilly throwing people in a in an asylum that isn't attempting to fix these people in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. or he's like the the Batman in the animated series where he has empathy for all these people mm-hmm. and he's trying to help, and the only person who he can't help no matter what is the Joker. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, that, that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like that's those are kind of the two versions of Batman, and depending on who's writing him, you get you kind of get one or the other: the irresponsible Batman, or the one who's trying his absolute best, but these guys just keep slipping through his fingers. Why? Why don't you think Batman's? Uh, I mean, instinctively, why didn't he just take Croc to Arkham or attempt to get him to Arkham? Normally, we know that's where Croc hangs out. He's in Arkham City or mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum, whatever. Um, that this goes back to the 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 kind of origin that this Killer Croc has because they're trying to they're trying to do uh, both the the mutant and the the skin disease, where it's right. like if he was mutant Arkham City giant crocodile monster thing, then it makes sense that Batman chases him out of Gotham because mm-hmm. it's like, no, you're a, you're like one step away from being a rampage monster. Um, <laughs> so you need to get out of Gotham. Mm-hmm. But if you're skin disease, Killer Croc, hey, let's go to the hospital and get you some vitamin A. I'm going to call up my buddy Kirk. He's got yeah. a plan for you. <laughs> it's like, Alfred, I need an antidote for this Killer Croc guy. He's in, yeah. he's, in, he's in a lot of pain. Like, where's that? Where's the, where's the Killer Croc Batman team-up comic that, you know, we learned that Killer Croc's not such a bad guy? We do it for all the other villains. Like, Poison Ivy's gotten her chance to, you know, some redemption arcs. But, like, Killer Croc is, like, this dude who we just make fun of for being ugly. And it's like, that's kind of mean. Like, I wouldn't want to get kicked out of a city because I had a skin disease. I don't know. It just seems... You're right. Maybe it's just... I want an explanation. They hit the brick wall when it's just like, well, his name's Killer Croc. He's got to be a monster. But you gave him that name. Yeah, and he can't have empathy, like, at all. Like... You gave him the name. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> just so many things. I'm like, you would think like the the heroes would at least be like, hell, you're you know, mm-hmm. you're not so bad. You, the world the world has made you a terrible person, not, not mm-hmm. the other way around. 
And this uh, is and and this is the this is the problem with the way that this movie was made is like it it forces us to ask all these questions that don't really align with what we've been told in the past and it's it's largely an issue with um you know the fact that there's no uh sort of driving creative force on these movies um like uh, Kevin Feige kind of there's no one fulfilling that role and like making sure that all of these things are aligning correctly you know mm-hmm. um and then we get we get problems like this and i mean not only do we get problems like this because they're giving filmmakers full creative control which is you know great i you know if that's the way you want to build your universe awesome but if you're gonna do it then do it like don't 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 half-ass it the way that you did here where you're like yeah you have full creative control until you get to post and then we're gonna take it away from you and give it to people who don't understand your movie at all yeah um no yeah is, uh it's Absolutely. it's a problem it's a problem i think um you know it like you said it, it's great but stick with it and i think that was kind of the biggest problem that this kind of first phase of the DC cinematic universe, you know, suffers from is this, you know, it started with the filmmakers, the director having, you know, they were building the universe. It wasn't like a, a writer's room or like a appointed figure who was master playing it all out. It was like, all right, Zack Snyder's going to take it and he's going to make the universe. And it's like, so let's try to match it up. But now it's like with this film and justice league, it's like, okay, we're just going to, like, forcibly retcon everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, maybe we should have had a talk about this first. But we didn't. Um, yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, that's what it goes back to, like, starting now. It's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with where you wanted to get to. But let's just do that from day one, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Justice League, what, you, what we got, and you know, isn't bad. It just wish you would have went that way first you know I just, yeah so I, I mean i think the problem is that they uh, you know it's warner brothers wanted everything way too soon mm-hmm. i think is ultimately the problem like they just they weren't patient and if you're not going to be patient then the worst thing you could possibly do is get like just say we're going to start our universe with this one guy because here's the problem with setting it in one filmmaker's shoes. You have to wait for him to actually make these movies. Like you, you, you can't, you're like, you're not making any others. So you're just like waiting. And then you've got, what, what was it? Three or four years between man of steel and Donna justice. Well, like, like release, it's only a few years, like release wise, it was three years, but like three when you're years. thinking of like, like the actual Production. filming process, yeah. like, Right. Dawn of Justice wrapped up filming towards the end of 2014 and then was released two years later in 2016. Mm-hmm. So they had about five years. I mean, even Aquaman, like Jason Momoa, was pretty much casted seven years prior to his debut sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, like, back That's then, crazy. when we did superhero films, like, these are big-budget movies. They need time. These things take usually about five years. Um, right. You know, like, and... Even like with like the Dark Knight trilogy, like those movies needed time to be made. But now right. the the studio, who I think is largely at fault, they're like, yeah, we're gonna do three yep. three films a year. And it's like you realize how long it takes to make a movie, right? I mean, this is your business, like you know how long this takes. But they're like, nope, we can we we'll pump it out real quick. And it's like, well, I don't think it works well, and that it's, way. it's and it like that's not you can do that. But the problem is that they were doing that straight line with with 
um, Man of Steel to Dawn of Justice to Justice League to Justice League 2, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that was the straight-line narrative that they were going to follow, and at the end of Justice League 2, it was going to open up the universe, and then they would start doing all the other movies. But the problem was that they wanted Zack Snyder to direct all of those, which is great, but you can't be impatient then and want your universe started sooner. you got to wait and let like if you're going to put all your eggs in that basket, well, that's the basket that you dealt yourself and you need to just wait and let let the guy do the job that you hired him to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and and instead they just forced everything and they're like, "Well, let's turn Justice League into one part and get to the end of what his story was going to be faster and let's pump out this Suicide Squad movie, which, if I'm not mistaken, happened very, very quickly, right? Didn't oh, yeah. they shoot this on, like, a first or second draft? hmm yeah. yeah. It was uh, so fast. Yeah. Too fast. Way too fast. Too what furious. they should have done was the way that comics works um, is that you split off different segments of the universe into different editors, mm-hmm. right? And in this case, you do it with filmmakers. You, If you're saying that... Zack Snyder's doing Justice League, then give him all of the Justice League characters. Be like, okay, he's dealing with the Justice League characters. What else do we got? Okay, well, we've got Suicide Squad. Okay, then have that line of movies going separately with that filmmaker. What else do we have? You know, oh, well, we have this other thing over here. We have, like, the magic characters. Okay, well, let's give this to another filmmaker and then have all of those running simultaneously so that at least you're building up a universe at the same time and not this weird thing where it's like they're just they just keep chickening out of the decisions that they previously made and it's just so weird and then we get this mishmash disaster of a movie i think creative disaster of a movie yeah. it's the commitment As a result. the commitment right. is it's like well please if you're gonna you know if you're gonna do this like commit like i can't i can't criticize a movie for the tone that it went with like I can't say like it's you know that's not what I wanted like I didn't want Superman to have issues or I have a problem with this movie it's like okay maybe there I can critique it as a film but I can't say I hate it because it, it wasn't you know what you what, wanted what I wanted mm-hmm. and right so like go that route and then I'll be fine or go whatever route you want you want to do with your superheroes like whatever the movie comes out tonally like that's fine, but don't say you're gonna do one thing and then in post like turn it out to be something else and then like because then mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to I gotta have to talk about it because it's it's confusting it's unpredictable like yep. it says in this book and it's so a real that, Captain Boomerang. <laughs> it re- just don't don't boomerang your films. Um, I like that. I, I, I'm gonna try to do that this whole movie. Is just relate everything to Captain Boomerang. Captain oh, Boomerang. Ju- it's just like Captain Boomerang. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just like Captain Boomerang. It is boomerang this movie. It just boomerang that scene. You know. Um, yeah, that that's that's the that's the part that hurts. You know, it's not something that I you know I want to critique. It, it, it's like it's always that part that's so disheartening because it's as much as I. I love this universe and I love these films and like, I w- don't mind watching suicide squad. Like if you want to put it on the TV, like we watched justice league maybe like 10 times since like, y- you know, yeah. we don't have a problem watching it, but it's just, it's disheartening that we have to accept that. Yeah. This, this franchise has suffered problems and it's not perfect because of this, the decisions that have been made in post. 
Like mm-hmm. we just have to accept it. And then like, I hate to use the word apologize for it, but it's like, I, I still love it. And I still, you know, they're there, passionate. There's, yeah, there's yeah, going to be more so. passionate about it. Yeah. yeah and I'm, that's yeah. why I'm like, okay, when we do things like Shazam and Aquaman, it's like, yeah, commit, yeah. like, let's do it. Like, I'm okay with what you guys, I'm okay with the tone shift because that was the, the kind of direction we were headed. But like, I like that they're getting back to being confident about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the biggest factor when, you, when you're confident about something. It's like, we can't, we can't hate on that, you know, own right. it. Um, right. it's just and cool. I think, and I think too, I think there's, there's a, um, there's an argument to be made that even when they hired Zach, they hired him specifically on man of steel because he was the one who, uh, agreed to a Nolan esque aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So like, because they wanted that transition to be smooth between, um, the dark Knight trilogy and this new DC universe. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, I think that's why he was the one that was hired to begin with. And then when they let him have that creative freedom with Dawn of Justice, I think that it caused problems with the studio because they were like, well, this isn't, you know, this isn't the Nolan thing that you were doing with the last movie. And it's like, well, yeah, cause I'm not Christopher Nolan, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that just started the, 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 it, it, the whole universe sort of started in a weird position where they were trying to ape Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder, knowing that he would get to have the freedom in sequels. If this one did well, he sort of rolled with it and he put, he definitely put his twist on things in man of steel, but largely when you look at that movie and especially the marketing, that movie was marketed as the new DC movie from Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Um, and, and that was already, that was in a, that was the whole universe started in a bad place. Of as far as trust in your filmmaker and um, confidence, you know. Yes, I I completely agree. There was there, you know, you know as much as we love, you know, Zack Snyder and what what he's done with with the initial films in the DC Cinematic Universe, they the studio kind of shot themselves in the foot, you know, trying to get both. They're trying to get the Dark Knight trilogy, but they want the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's like you're you're, you're putting this all on one director, and it's like. I love the guy, but you're gonna, you're gonna, you guys are gonna hurt yourself trying to get both of these things because they're not. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight trilogy and the Marvel Cinematic Universe are not the same, but not you, remotely. <laughs> yeah, but you want both. It's like it's not gonna happen. Right. You got to make a decision, right. and it's you know then they try to change directions and go towards the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's like that's that's the issue. You should have mm-hmm. started in that direction. I mean, they, they right Iron Man and. Well, it's hard because Iron Man was pretty, pretty hardcore the first film, so maybe mm-hmm. they didn't. I'm trying to think like when was the actual tonal shift? It was like a year later. I mean, Man of Steel 2013, Avengers 2014, just all in Marvel and no, 2012. Yeah, 2012. Avengers is what really started the 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 tonal mm-hmm. shift in the yeah. MCU. Yeah. So, and then they were just like backpedaling. It's like, oh, let's let's go that direction. It's like. 
Um, you kind of you kind of yeah. wanted the Dark Knight. You kind of wanted the Christopher Nolan thing. Yeah, right? you already so made it. You you made the movie. <laughs> so yeah, that that's yeah. This is what you asked for. And this he is made what you asked you. for, and yeah. like he delivered, but now you're mad at him, and it's like yeah. So that's that's been the issue here. Mm-hmm. Um, within this within this one, um, this is this is a question I have. Um, with with Killer Croc in this minute is um earlier yesterday we talked about like, he shows up in the in the cells like mm-hmm. you know, he's not he's down in the sewer like cage mm-hmm. but then there's a shot of him in the cell so you're kind of wondering like okay well who's he looking at and why is that scene there why is he looking through the cell bars that are down there when he should be looking up at people there's nothing to look mm-hmm. in that in that doorway right there um mm-hmm. but then later in this scene as he as he gets his food and he should be eating, it cuts to a bunch of guards. Oh either, yeah. Like either the, attacking him. Either they're attacking him or he's attacking them. And I don't know because it's, it's not called for to show it. So that's why I'm really wondering why it's in here. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why is this attack happening? Because I, my initial hmm. thought was, is this a flashback to when the dude got the hand bitten off? Maybe I I almost wonder if this whole opening sequence of of uh, Amanda Waller at this dinner this, it it just screams reshoots to me like it it almost feels like the trailer house had them go and do this reshoot because they're like we need a, a a thing to cut out all of the these character introductions and make them you know turn a you know, 40 minutes into 10 minutes. We need something connective tissue to connect it all. Can you go and do this reshoot? And then if I'm not mistaken, this, this same set is used then for the post credit scene with Bruce, right? Isn't it the same restaurant? Yeah. They meet at the, it's the cicada, the, the hive, the cicada, the cicada. Is that yeah. what's called? The cicada? Yeah. Which we, there's okay. no, yeah, but we tried to look into it. Cause you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, connectivity whatnot um we could not draw any lines or find any significance to that restaurant like it was just mm. I, we i think we agreed that it was just a nice looking place like in yeah. dc that okay. these senators so so maybe it was pickup uh, shots yeah I, I feel like it was just like they they built this restaurant set and redid this reshoot to give them the connective tissue and all of these clips that we're seeing were are, are seeing are were longer scenes that mm-hmm. were placed throughout act one to sort of build up these characters in the original air cut and they just you know cut 30 minutes out of this by just turning it into a montage yeah i feel like the trailer house wouldn't have like the power to to call for pick up well not i mean not they wouldn't be demanding that i but they could request that and what and warner brothers wanting to what they believe save a a broken movie um could uh which is their own fault because they marketed it that way um but but uh yeah like maybe their thought process was like i mean yeah let's just do this we can just do this one reshoot of this this one scene um I mean, because that would be a cheap reshoot. I mean, build, build, building a set that's just an empty restaurant, mm-hmm. that's a – that's. I mean, we're, we're talking at most a two-day shoot between this and, a, and the post credit scene. That's a two-day shoot. 
mm-hmm. maximum. Easy. That's that's nothing. That's mm-hmm. probably less than five hundred grand, um, which is nothing. And uh, thematically, yeah. it, it we talked about it earlier, but it kind of makes sense that people of this power would, you know, like, hey, I need an empty restaurant. You guys haven't opened yet. Good. We need to do business. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, you know, cool. Like, I understand that mm-hmm. you guys in D.C. have your little conniving ways of doing politics. So, like, it makes total sense that you guys would just meet up in a restaurant that's heavily guarded and you guys do your business. So it's like, yeah, it works out great. Um, mm-hmm. But in regards to the, the the montage that she refers to, you know, like him being a monster and all that, it just randomly cuts to, to, to some jail brawl. And it's mm-hmm. like, what do I, I wonder if that is supposed to be <clears throat> like, it just seems like Amanda has these lines of dialogue and then they're just like, okay, well we got to visualize it. So she's saying he got run out of Gotham by the bat and then like he couldn't go anywhere else or whatever she says. And it's like, I got that from this random sewer fight. It's like, okay, this is post leaving Gotham and he's still trying to find a place and then just some SWAT guys grab him. Like, that's when he right. gets sent to Louisiana. Should have just had one more Batman scene where he... It should have been... Batman should have been banging the pots and pans at the <laughs> river. <laughs> at the river. <laughs> that's what he should have been doing. Like a little uh, bat cowbell. Yeah, Get a little sonar device. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know. Like, But, I mean, if anything, about what's cool about that scene is you kind of get the full makeup design that they put on um, the actor... And it's like, mm-hmm. it looks great because, you know, it's one thing to put makeup on an actor and be like, all right, he looks like, you know, a crazy alien monster thing. But it's another thing to move. And like, he's he's getting tasered, he's fighting people. And it's like, you see no breaks in the makeup, you see mm-hmm. no breaks in the prosthetics. And it's like, that is money. So I'm cool with it because it looks cool if you isolate it and take it out. It looks great. Phenomenal. Cool. But in the story, when does this take place and why does it take place? That's my only question. I mean, it's just right. My know, only two questions. Right before he's going to Bell Rev. Yeah. In, in mm-hmm. his jail cell kind of has a marker. It's at, it says Spillway 42. I tried looking up what happened. He was introduced in the 80s, so this number doesn't really mean much. I was hoping 1942 meant something. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Missed opportunity to just put 52 and get away with it because that's a golden 52 number. 52 or 42? It's 42, but oh. I always feel like 52 is the golden number. It should have been. This is a real new 52 heavy movie. Yeah, I mean. Mm. The, um, the, the, there's the one line of dialogue in this that really, um, I don't know, just bothers me <laughs> for whatever reason. is uh, And again, I think it's, I think it's bad improv. Um, from what's his face is when he says uh, at the very top of the minute, he was like, you know, what do you want to eat? I got a double cheeseburger, onion rings, a little coleslaw or a giant skinless goat. And I just, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, I mean, giant. I mean, it's a full size goat for sure, (laughs) but it's not a giant goat. It's just a, just a skinless goat. Also, I'm pretty sure there's skin on it. It's furless. Mm. It looks like it's got skin. Yep. Um, again, I just think it's bad improv. Like, giant skinless goat. No, that's a regular goat. It's just a goat. Wouldn't the I skin don't know. be the better part? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to eat raw. If it was yeah. a skinless goat, it would just be muscles and 
just blood dripping down, I guess. Yeah. But it, well, I if mean, it's raw, I don't know if it's raw. It, I think it is skinless, but it's got skin on it. I'm trying. I'm trying to think like if I was uh, a monster. Like, isn't, like, the skin the better part? Don't I don't they, know. It's don't the best part. Fruits. Don't they want that? Yo, don't they want the skin on the on the animal? <laughs> no, he so? didn't want the skin on the animal. All right, I'll take it off. Like, was I'm that calling into the kitchen? That yeah. Was <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. I'm trying to look, look and see if it has skin. I don't know. I think it's a normal Regardless, it's certainly not a giant goat. Yeah, a normal goat. Yeah, that is a normal, full-size adult goat. How old do you think that goat is? <laughs> Two years? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just... Didn't even cut it up. I guess it doesn't even want. I don't know. This you don't need to. Well, they know. treat him like a monster. So, yeah. is it is it a good cut to to cut to Amanda Waller eating a steak? I though? thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it shows her. Um, it's simple. Yeah. What is uh, resilience? I guess maybe would be the right word. Um, well, we have to remember every time we talk about one of these villains, and it has to go back to like the real villain, who is mm-hmm. Amanda Waller. She's got a one up him. Yeah, and it, and it there's. There's something about, like, and I don't know if it's intentional, but I want to give the credit that, you know, that they're cutting back to Amanda Waller just being a real evil person. And it's like, we're going to make fun of, like, this monster. We're going to treat him like a monster. And then it cuts to Amanda Waller, who is a monster, just eating steak and mm-hmm. and, and getting away with, with all the crime that she get, gets away with. And it's like, yeah, you know what? It's it, definitely deliberate. Yeah, there's she's describing eating a raw, giant, skinless goat, and she's just like, "All right, let me get that steak." Yeah, it's you know, yeah. it's pretty rare. It's a pretty rare looking steak. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and she also is like looking up. But she's she's looking up as she bites it. Like uh, I don't. know. It's just like um, there's a there's a thing like that in uh, that Green Inferno movie. I've only seen the trailers, but there's yeah. like, they make a joke about eating meat, and it's like they're eating meat, and then later on in the movie, it's about cannibalism. It, it's mm-hmm. an easy thing to do, and it 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 works. You can draw. That was a um, Eli Roth movie. Yeah. So also yeah. Jay uh, Jay Rodriguez. Absolutely hate that director. Hernandez. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's all right. It's a, I mean I. There are good things and bad things about this minute. I just want more clarity. That's it's all I'm asking for. But um, mm-hmm. it for the most part the part that I have the most questions about to me is the coolest part of the minute, which is just the actual jail brawl. It's just, um, but then we kind of start to talk about June moon. We're going to talk about her a little bit more tomorrow. So I don't know if you guys want to, you guys want to Oh yeah, no, I got, no. No, yeah, I think we should wait till tomorrow. All right, cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, find us on DCEU minutes and the DC cinematic minute listener society. Um, we did 143 episodes of Man of Steel, so if you haven't heard that yet, definitely check those out. If you love Superman um, and you know don't really want to hear about Suicide Squad, you can definitely catch up on that. And uh, Dawn of Justice, 183 minutes we did. And Scott Corelli is on both of those seasons, so you can check those out. And then we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 19 of Suicide Squad Minute.